You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Sephora stores are everywhere you are. So just pop in when you need a brown lip to match your 90s playlist. A confidence boost before your interview? Or a last-minute gift for mom's birthday. There's always a Sephora near you. Just pop in. Use our store locator to find your local Sephora or Sephora at Kohl's. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. Now, Lacrosse is at it again with a new line of lace up hunting boots, the Navigator Series. And in that Navigator Series, there are two models there's the Atlas for men and the Windrose for both men and women. To find out more information about this new Navigator Series, visit lacrossefootwear.com. Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith. And Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. Welcome back, guys. Another hunting podcast right here with here land and legacy are. and uh we just knocked out our habitat podcast hopefully yep. you guys enjoy that there's a lot of stuff a lot of tidbits over there i think a lot of great great stuff from region specific areas that will that will turn some light bulbs on for some folks who are kind of questioning what do i want to promote what do, what do i want this area when i'm said and done to look like because come november I want to. I want to be able to be hunting it the way I, I should be hunting it, and not just be, you know, me promoting it, doing it wrong. What do I want to see come back? That's what we cover. Yeah. Here's here's the time when it gets all good on hunting strategy of this. How this to is hunt the time it. of the year when I hear my phone ding with a email with a cutty back email. <laughs> it's like I can't open it fast enough. Yeah. And so Same. while we were recording last Me podcast, we though. had a, we had another one um, come through, and um, Donuts was on it. Yep. So a little bit of an update, or not a lot, uh, not not a little bit of an update, a big update on where we're at in the season, where we're at in our hunt for donuts, and uh, kind of this is just your overall update on where the season's at for us. Uh, over the course of the last week, we've gone, we've changed a good bit as far as our deer activity. The whole month of October really didn't see much pre-rut activity. A little bit out of young bucks, but we did not see any mature deer really up and cruising or any new bucks popping up on camera. We always see that. When we start seeing new bucks pop on camera, we start seeing daylight activity. We know the legs are getting stretched, and and people are starting, people, deer are starting to cover some ground. That's right, and... 
donuts up until November 1st. We didn't have him working a scrape, I don't think. Uh, maybe it was the very end of October. Not he worked work, a scrape. Not, not, not working a scrape all season, but just, in, you know, in a, a little bit of time. Nope. It was it was November 1 when he showed yep. up at the North Bottom. Um, when he's a stud. So we're talking about a deer that might be a booner. We don't know. He's a stud either way. And uh, that's Donuts. And he had been very much a very casual walker showing up here and there kind of just dilly-dallying I, I would say honestly doing exactly what you would expect a five and a half year old mature Going, deer to do. they're not ready yet i know when they'll be ready I, i'm not i'm not wasting my time i'm not chasing i'm not gonna nudge i'm just gonna feed and i'm gonna be nocturnal and save hardly do save my energy yep. and uh We've had the three-year-olds. It, it's always funny every single year. It's like yearling bucks cruising or chasing and yep. pushing does out of food plots and we, running we them saw, around. We saw that, what, like the 20th of October Yeah, on a set. Um, and then you go in and you start seeing two-year-olds. And like uh, October 20th, we started seeing some really nice two- and three-year-olds showing up on one of our best food sources right next to the gravel road, standing yep. beans. Perennial uh, revival blend from Stratton uh, on one one food plot across a little ditch, standing beans, and it's like every this seems like every deer in that region is going down into those bottoms to eat, and it's like here's the big doe groups, the big family groups, and then all of a sudden two and a half year olds, and then a couple of nice three and a half year old eight pointers show up, and it's like now they're all down there, and you notice one thing, they're eating beans, they're eating clover, they're eating chicory. And occasionally you see the young buck kind of dog one and run her around. Correction. They're pounding <laughs> the soybeans yeah. in that yeah. Well, and, and here's, here's the thing. Um, you know, last year I would say we were seeing quite a, quite a bit of activity from those two- and three-year-olds, even, even some more mature deer, a little bit earlier. You know, when I say earlier, I say four or five days. And I'm not sitting here saying, you know, oh, it's the moon, it's the weather, it's this. It's just... That's just what we started to see. But we have some, let's say, this year in comparison, I think, to last year, food sources have changed a little bit in their location. Um, but the the density of deer tends to be in kind of concentrating two little pockets across the farm. There's deer all over it, but we're talking just the kind of pockets heavier doe activity based right around some great food sources. We switched up some some cameras and some hunting observations. Kind of went in and said, "Let's let's get some eyeballs on it." And by golly, that's when we started to see and get in there. Of okay, this activity is occurring. It's just very small, uh, the very early cusp of intense pre-rut activity. Yeah, you can see pre-rut activity if you look hard enough. October twentieth, twenty-second, twenty-third, whatever, every single year, but. When we're talking like, okay, now's the time to take advantage of deer throwing a little bit of caution to the wind and being on their feet, we're we're just getting to that point of seeing that from our trail cameras of, okay, yeah, it, it's time. Yeah. Like, what was it? Uh, was it tonight? The ten, the ten pointer. Yeah. He, you know, he, he's he's still the a three year chasing. old. But man, I mean, he was legit chasing. It wasn't like I'm just gonna go bump and check. It was you see the doe run through, kind of mouth open, hunched, hunched 
down just a little bit. Next picture, boom. Here's wasn't even a, a minute later. Yeah, he, it was he, both at five o'clock. Here's here's the ten right on her tail, and they make a loop back up through the food plot, and same exact kind of picture sequence. It's like that. That is like it's. Oh, it's almost like a when when you. I guess I grew up fox hunting with my granddad, and um, there's difference between a a dog or a hound on the trail, the scent trail of a fox versus a sight race. Yeah. You know, you can tell the intensity from the bark and, and you know, how fast that, that group of dogs was moving. That This was a sight race in, in comparison. That, that buck was on her, right behind her, dogging, head down, ears back, just going. And that's the kind of stuff when you start really seeing a couple of occurrences a day on camera, whew, it's on. Yeah, that's when it's on. I just looked at the weather while you were chatting, and just to because after this hunt, I will edit these podcasts. Matt will do the write-ups, and then uh, I've been talking about going you said in the after morning. After the podcast, or after we record the podcast, yep. I'll go and edit the podcast. Um, so if you ever hear any mess ups in the editing or the the podcast recording you know it came from me um or <laughs> there's if, any, you if ever, there's any misspellings or something in the right came from that <laughs> yeah you can put the blame to the right person yeah though. that's right so when you leave those negative comments <laughs> yeah. you know whose name to put in it yeah um and i saw that tomorrow morning the wind is south west ah, which has changed a little bit yeah not good so yeah. i probably won't go in the morning I'll, I'll try to get down there in the afternoon but mm-hmm. um you know, this time of year, there's a reason why it's kind of a two-part habitat and hunting. Um, because now that you see the intensity of those chases, uh, the bucks, now we're getting a little bit older bucks starting to chase. Because of that, now we're we're several, a couple of weeks into the whole chase. Started with young bucks, then we went to a little bit older bucks but not mature mm-hmm. now we're going to maturity here uh, does are sick of it you're going to start seeing the bottom field that has all these does piling into it ain't gonna be like that forever. ain't gonna be like that it could have happened last night when i hunted there and saw one little forky horn and it was mm-hmm. like there you guys just killed a deer here last week yep. why all of a sudden there was eight deer now there's no no does why are we why are we uh why are we not seeing that change? And Matt just held up. It looked like 26 was the... 21. Oh, my low. goodness. <laughs> so um, We're not distracted at all looking at weather and making game plans for this week, but Lord have mercy. That's going to be cold. I'm going to break out the sanctuary. Sanctuary? No. I forget the... I think that's what it is. No, that's the warmer one, or the thicker one. We're wearing the... Uh, I don't remember what it is. I don't know, but it's warm. It is very warm, <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah. It snowed on Halloween morning when Chad and I were in the stand, and I was roasting. Were you wearing I, the coat? Oh yeah, it no, was time. I haven't. I didn't was even tw- wear the coat yesterday. You know how 22. cold I get. It was. I get so cold. It was twenty two. Twenty two with a fifteen sixteen mile an hour wind that morning, and it was like, whew. wow. I'm roasty. I'm warm. Yeah. This is the. I don't. I don't even know what the name of it is. But well, I'm we're, we're trying. We're trying out the first light. Yeah, the first light wool based system, and um, I I I have been pleasantly surprised. We're distracted. Yeah, <laughs> we are solitude. Okay, solitude. There. Yeah, we're so 
you know how cold I get. Yesterday yeah. morning, it was it was chilly, heavy frost. That bottom was covered in frost. You should have seen the other. I didn't even wear the coat. I carried it yeah. in there, and I was wearing uh, the the wool t shirt, the uh, the thick furnace heavy yeah. Yeah. base layer, and then I was wearing the uh, catalyst jacket, Klamath hoodie. Oh, I was just wearing okay. the hoodie, really? and I didn't. That was it. I told Chad, I said, I'm toasty. I had the bibs on. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah. I can guarantee last year I was digging. Well, I did the same thing. I pretty much wore like the exact same thing yesterday morning. I didn't, I had no. on a jacket. I didn't bring the other jacket. I just you had didn't a wear different the coat. Jacket. Okay. I didn't, I didn't wear. You had a yeah. jacket on, not a hoodie. No, I had the hoodie. Oh, okay. I'm just saying I brought a different jacket with me. I didn't gotcha. wear my, the jacket I had brought. Just had the bibs and that. Yeah. And I was super on toasty. Ridge top. It wasn't windy, but. Chad Chad fine. had me totally put the coat fine. on. We got back to the truck, yeah. and this is a little bit of first light update. Cause, and I'm only saying this because so many guys have been asking us our thoughts on them. Um, because apparently everybody's wondering the same question that we were: <laughs> Is it really worth it? And uh, so we were wearing. Chad told me to put the coat on and do that little unzip thing to where you can go straight into the. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm like I no longer need a muff. Like I used to carry that little quarterback muff. I do. I I I brought mine that morning, so Halloween morning. That was the first time I had had on the jacket and the bib. Yeah. And um, I did have a hand warmer, but the that's the cool thing is you put your hands through the jacket and not the pockets of the jacket, and then you you put your hands in like the fleece ish wool lined, not fleece, the wool lined. Uh, your kangaroo pouch, basically. Yeah, the kangaroo pouch, and I had a hand warmer in there. I found myself later on in the morning not even needing to put my hands in like the the sleeve portion of the bib but just put my hands on like my side. Yeah. Like a side of my body not like inside the jacket but not in where the hand warmer was cuz it was so roasty warm. Like I just yeah. put it there. And that, you know, we're wearing like fingerless gloves so it's like just not bare hands but just so comfortable. And I yeah. I you know Usually with like even just the hand muff, it's two hand warmers and just no gloves and, and put them in there. But as soon as you take them out, cold morning, cold wind, it doesn't take long. Yeah. But um, that was super nice because you didn't, ha- you didn't have to carry something else in. It's just like built in, you know, just ready to rock and roll. Um, so that that was a cool little find. I'm glad he said that because I would have been messing around with the hand muff but you I got like, your muff on yeah yeah, yeah. But which which i've used for years and, and it's a key component but when you don't have to carry it in and you have something already kind of let's say built in like the kangaroo pouch it works or whatever they call works. it yeah i don't know yeah i just know it works yeah it does yeah. work really, and, and that really was well. that was the first morning it was like full-on like really good layering system you know we we had done we just tested had it in the heat, and now we're yeah. getting into what we truly wanted to test it for. Correct. correct. Can we stay warm? And uh, that was the first like attempt, um, and in a pretty chilly day. Because I was talk, talking to Chad too, it's like you know, like December time frame. There's there's not many days when we're hunting when it's really just kind of this brutal. Yeah, it's not brutal, but like when it's just these temperatures um, to this degree. We don't hunt many times when it's single digits. No. Because we just don't get them a whole lot. Well, yeah, we just don't have the opportunity to. When we do, it's brutal. But I can, but we're I, out I'm, there. <laughs> I, I can sit there and I think, 
there's a whole lot of other gear layers that I haven't even put on yet to oh, yeah. keep myself warm. And like even even yesterday, I I tried uh, that that really thick. What's the thick the thick furnace? Thing? Okay, the furnace. The I pants. No, no, the the, the tan top. top. Yeah, the furnace. Okay, the furnace, and then I put I think on it's the furnace Henley. Yes, that thing, and that's thicker, and it doesn't hold like it's not snug to your body, but it's a thick wool layer. I put yeah. that on, and then I had the hoodie. Yeah, whatever that one's called. And, but that's Klamath, like mammoth, I think. That one's like a little bit more of a uh, uh, compression like fit. Yeah. Like it's tighter, tighter so, around your wrists. I notice it, and, and all of them have the thumb hold. Which I like, so I just put that on there. So when I push my, put, my I layer put on another lay on I, like, a layer on, I don't have it halfway up my wrist. That man thought of that. I'd like to shake his hand. <laughs> whoever's like, we need to put thumb holes on yeah, all I these. I am base tired layers. of getting bunched up on my forearms. Yeah, putting on layers. Um, but I put that kind of compression over top of the, the thicker uh, thermal, and then mm-hmm. like it was, I almost had like a, uh, I don't know air pocket if you will because it was tight around the layer but not tight against my body i hate it when you get air pockets while you're hunting (laughs) especially when you're wearing bibs (laughs) waiters are worse worse. (laughs) but uh it was like it was warm though it was like a warm air pocket but it wasn't like bulky at the same time but it was like still snug it's kind of weird yeah I, I'm explaining I'm doing a horrible job I'm like that doesn't really make much sense we but don't I even just, know the names of them for yeah. the most part and people we're are like okay guys I get out. it <laughs> uh, we were told you were warm no if, you, if you're worried about getting cold don't wear cotton well you wear wool so we're like well what's the best wool yeah and we started testing first light and we've been really really happy with it so far so um, it's cold it, we're getting a lot more cooler temperatures and i sound like such a pansy saying it's you cold do. when when the guys in the north are going uh, whatever right. rudolph i saw yeah. your nose um <laughs> it was probably dripping with snot that was snot great. and beet red that's oh, when yeah. i know it's cold yeah um, <laughs> when i have to use an umbrella above my stand to keep the snot oh bull crap <laughs> <laughs> no, because I wipe on the back of my glove every five minutes. <laughs> I'm never wearing those. But yeah. um, <laughs> it's it's a lot colder temperatures. Deer are really starting to move. We can really, like, uh, there's so many observations we can make just by watching the emails. It's like, if we want to know movement was good, just check the emails. Are we going to have five emails one night or are we going to mm-hmm. have just two? If we have just two, we know, okay, they didn't move real well last night. Um, so when's that next? When's the hours? next movement? <laughs> yeah, is it going to be mid morning or is it going to be this afternoon? Because I can guarantee you, point. if Continue. I could, I could tell you deer movement just by not even opening the emails and looking at the pictures. But if I just saw the number of emails that came through overnight, yep. overnight, I would say we better hunt this afternoon. Yep. Um, and especially if they didn't move that afternoon. Well, our email that came through at night and is like, oh, they didn't move good this afternoon. And then we don't get many emails during the night. I'm Run like, Run to the stand. Like, we got to get to the stand because I know they're going to move yeah. good this afternoon. And it sounds so like simple, but I would. You don't know t- that. Take a it thing. to the bank. But you don't know that's a thing until you're able to get those type of updates. If you check it every week, you don't pick up on that. No. Right, you you know you don't see like that that type of like intensity of movement. Okay, that was that was after hours, or that was like mid morning, or that was 
oh, wow, they moved early that afternoon. You just don't pick up on it until you get those frequent updates. So that's been that's been good and, and eye-opening. But here's the thing I think I want to stress to this time of the year. Okay, yeah, we talked about the value of cover and hunting cover and the bottlenecks between the cover. Please sit, like, through the mid-morning. Like, the, the mid-morning, it has seemed like on cameras and hunting observations from past years, that is when your, honestly, chances of success go up. I think a lot of things from that reason are happening. Okay, hard frosts, deer aren't foraging, and food plots, no. first thing. Especially first the first hard frost of the fall. Yeah. Like, we're in. We've only had, I don't know, maybe five. Yeah. Okay. And it's like those first hard frosts are such a shock to the system, not only ours, but I think to the deer as well, because it's like it's heavy frost. They're not, they lost those last few hours of feeding in the dark. And because so, frost because the frost was so heavy or set in. So now they're feeding, they may be browsing on uh, woody browse up in the timber or something, but they're going to hit those food plots or hit or those areas. Feed on acorns. Or they're going right. to bed down for a little bit and then they're waiting for that frost to melt off and then they're going to hit the finish up feeding before they go back to bed. Yes. And uh, and it's such a. It, when, uh, when deer, when does are on their feet feeding, that's when they're getting nudged. They're going to get nudged and checked when they're bedded, but they're going to get pursued and be traveling through those travel corridors, the pinch points, and all those things when the deer, more of the deer herd, is on their feet. And so don't forget about late morning, mid-morning activity. We're talking 9 o'clock to 11 o'clock. That window right there is super important. You have a lot more, I think, stable wind as well. Um, you know, we talk about like swirly winds, that's good for deer, but I think it's honestly, it's good for deer to a certain degree. If it's too swirly or too shifty and changey, you know, look at, look at uh, a day like today. We had, uh, I looked out this morning, we had a, a light frost this morning. So it was cool. Thermals were dropping first light, half hour, 40 minutes after light, sun peaks up. Then you start to get this like turbulent wind situation if it's not a a hard wind blowing you know let's say over four or five miles an hour it's just consistent to override these things but if there's so much change going on like that it's hard for deer to really kind of figure up like okay what's that prevailing wind right now and then once that once that air gets a little bit more stable and the wind after the sun rises really starts to pick up and get to moving that's when you see a lot of that activity. Yeah. And it's just a little bit of consistency. It's a little bit of security that they're moving during these time frames. And so, again, it takes them a while to get, whether up from their bed, if it's a hard, hard frost, to feed and go back. Or it's just they're taking their sweet time getting back to a bed. All right. That's why, if possible, the dream one day is to have a home very close to a farm that I hunt because it's like, I'm going to set till 11 or noon, and then I might set all day. No, but, if I don't set, but if I won't <laughs> set all day, um, oh, I will. My phone battery lasts all day now. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Now with no, all these I, emails. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to say it, <laughs> but I want to. It's like, you know, it, 
so much as a as a business owner now um and all the work and non-stop in the grind it's like i could see myself sitting all day now because it's like <sighs> this feels good just to not have to worry do you about hear that anything no yeah. i don't <laughs> okay <laughs> exactly i'm kidding uh, i'm gonna sit all day but it would be great to sit till noon and then turn around and jump into a stand um, I just don't like riding the hole with, uh, when it comes to whitetail hunting, I don't like hunting the same stand over and over and over and over. That's why I love that redneck down in the bottom where I miss donuts. But the thought of going back to it right now, I'm like, Oh, that's why I went to the ghillie blind last night. I was like, I don't want to sit in that freaking blind again. I love yeah. where it's at. I just don't, I've already looked at that spot. <laughs> I've already thought about all the stuff that's that why, needs to happen here. That's why I love this. Yeah, yeah. I've already seen that stinking yeah. invasive over there. Yeah. That's Teresa that didn't get sprayed. Um, uh, that's why I love the saddles. Because mm-hmm. every time you go, it's usually a different spot, different stand. And, uh, boy, we've gotten... Uh, we've gotten our, our usage out of them so far. Yeah. And I love it. Yes. I mean, I I honestly, going back to a stand right now, it's like, oh, dang, I don't get to use it. Yeah. Because it... it, it um, Feels good but, on my back. Yeah, I I definitely agree. But I I just like just the that different element and the the ability to move around a tree. We, we had I don't know I don't know what it is. It's just like the different types of movement. Like if you want to move in a stand, you have to pretty much stand all the way up. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's a lot of movement. But I've noticed the creak too of a stand just irritates oh, us yeah. stuffing that of me now with with using the saddles and it's pretty much movement I without sound. Literally, just like shifts my hips one way and I'm peeking out the side of a tree. Like I just yeah. can glide, if you will. It's like ah, and it's not like this just like jerky movement stand all up. It's like yeah. see what I need to see. Most of our stands are secondhand junkers. It seems yeah. like. Um, that it's like, and, and I will not ever name the, name the company, but they, uh, the, the stands that we have used are not secondhand junkers. They're firsthand junkers that make noise right out of the box. Yeah. And they're as hard as heck to hang. And that's what most of our stands are. Um, and saddle is a saving grace. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's like, I'm going to stand on the freaking seat. Or stick and hunt in the yeah. saddle because I hate those stupid well, the stands. Well, the other day, this is a true story. Yeah. We we did hunt the South Saddle Stand twice here within probably about a week's time frame. Yeah. Both of I, them are that, of that stand that we hate. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, but the first the first morning had my harness. Anybody want to buy stands? <laughs> yeah. First, first morning um, had the harness. The second morning, somehow Chad got my harness in the truck in his truck i was in mine well chad's then, trying to say I, I asked chad i said how'd you get that because i don't know i think he left it in the back of my truck well the we after we hunted we had an encounter with mature deer and we didn't get changed at the landing but not mature deer sorry billy a good deer oh yeah that yeah, night, yeah yeah that yeah, night yeah, yeah but my harness i ended up hunting from the saddle that night Gotcha. And then, so we didn't get changed where the truck was parked. We just threw Whatever. everything gotcha. that was at the truck and went down the hill and changed. Yeah. It didn't, it was, it remained there. Yeah. Anyhow, so we go back to the South Saddle the second time. And you hunted out of a saddle. I hunted out of the saddle, but stood in the tree stand because that's what I had. That was, yeah. I didn't have my harness. And, Better? Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 
hundred percent. I was facing a different way, but I mean, yeah. I didn't care. You were facing was, the correct way. I was. Yeah. And uh, it was it was a lot more comfortable. I will mm. say that. So anyhow, I just I hope that that everyone is thinking just like wisely. Yeah, yeah. You can get lucky this time of the year. You can be Hunting in the food woods. sources that that are that a lot of deer like you can kill deer out of food sources but a majority sure. of the does are going to now be chasing thickets trying to hide and or they may be just locked down they may have already been pushed up into areas and locked down um with bucks um and so we're ch- we're hunting bottlenecks where deer are traveling a lot at the same time hunting close to thickets think creatively as sometimes you just need to get where you need to get don't be afraid to do that don't be silly and make and make poor choices but don't be afraid at the right time of the year and this is the right time of the year to be aggressive it's okay to do that just think wisely about it think about the winds if you were a deer how would you be traveling what would you be doing get out there and have fun be safe yeah